For those of you who have lost money, like millions overnight. For those of you who are or have been in personal debt. For those of you who have been at rock bottom, ready to give up. Get ready because it's gonna get a whole lot worse. And that's a great thing. This is Below Zero to Hero, a brain dump by The Fail Coach, helping entrepreneurs develop a healthy relationship with failure. Look, failure can't be feared. It's the number one killer of creativity, ideas, dreams, and even entrepreneurs themselves. And it's thought will never get in your way again. With the right mindset, failure can be step one into a new journey of being a better leader, having better balance, better relationships, and most importantly, success. So bring it on. This is Below Zero to Hero with The Fail Coach. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another podcast interview. And today, uh, I have a wonderful uh, person that I just recently met through our shared friend, uh, Janice, with us. And uh, I already know that this will be a very, very interesting conversation and that you guys will going to love it. Uh, but without any further ado, uh, Janice, welcome to the show. Uh, and please uh, tell us a little bit who you are and what do you do? Thank you, Miha. Um, I've so enjoyed speaking with you um, in the conversations that we had. Uh, my name is Janice Pettit. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina in the U.S., and uh, I have a kind of eclectic and interesting background. Um, I worked as a performer in New York City for a number of years when I first uh, finished graduate school and performed on the New York stage in TV and in touring companies and had the honor of working with some very, very interesting people. Um, it was a tough business, and I sure learned a lot about, about marketing. Um, but eventually, I made the decision to move into the entrepreneurial world, and that was 30 years ago. And since then, I've owned four businesses that I've taken from startup to success, and I've gone through all the difficult struggles that so many of us go through. Uh, it's kind of, um, you know, I've been in a number of different businesses. My first business was a consulting business in New York City, serving corporate clients, I didn't have a clue what I was doing, <laughs> and uh, I, I kind of learned the hard way. Marketing was tough then because this was pre-internet, but eventually I did get some clients and um, was able to create a solid business. Um, my next business was a, a restaurant in New York, which is also a very tough business. Kind of a long story why I ended up in that business that I won't go into, but again, um, through a lot of trial and error, built that business up into a successful business. Uh, then I owned a small publishing business, and 17 years ago, I finally went back to my real love, which was consulting and coaching. And since then, I've worked with in hundreds of, really probably thousands at this point, of entrepreneurs and very specifically experts, consultants, speakers, and authors, helping them build um, a business that's high revenue and high impact. And it really is my passion. I call it a pay it forward business because it's really helping people who are making an impact on, on other people and companies. 
So when I can help them to grow their business and extend their reach, they're able to help others as well. And it's kind of a trickle down effect. So that's just a brief overview of my very eclectic background. Well, um, that was a really, really nice overview. And I thank you for that. And uh, yeah, I learned something new. You know that at one point, I also wanted to open a restaurant. uh, And uh, I wanted to create a three Michelin star restaurant. uh, The first one uh, in, in this part of Europe. But then when I learned how much of everything you need to give into that, it kind of uh, crashed with, you know, how I envisioned my my life to be and and enjoying the life and so on. And now I just, every now and then I host uh, a dinner or two and and I play around with um, dishes that resemble the ones that you would eat at a Michelin star restaurant. Um, And and that kind of gives me satisfaction without interfering with the lifestyle that I want to live. Well, it's a very tough business. I can tell you that. And, you know, unless there's a specific reason for you to do it. um, I, at the time, was married to a very accomplished chef from Italy. Um, He passed away 13 years ago, but he was very, very accomplished. And so, but he was not a business person. He did not understand the whole process of building a business. So we were a good team in that. But it's a tough, tough business. So I think you're you're in the right business, Miha. <laughs> you made the right decision. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but this interview is not about restaurants. Uh, um, what we want to touch upon, and, and this was kind of like the red line of all our conversations so far, is that to be an entrepreneur, one of the most important mindsets i wouldn't say it's the most important one but it's definitely probably top five um, is that we need to be super comfortable with being uncomfortable Uh, and uh, we if we want to achieve anything big anything great anything that we haven't achieved yet um, we have to push ourselves out of our comfort zone, and we need to do it as often as possible, preferably on a daily basis. And yeah, just get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, And I know that you love this topic. And uh, let's just start with your take on um, what does that mean to you? Maybe some tips and tricks along the way, and how you help entrepreneurs um, achieve being comfortable with being uncomfortable. So a story came to mind, Miha, um, 30 years ago when I started my first consulting business in New York. We were helping corporate executives to get comfortable speaking on stage. Now, remember, at this time, this is pre-internet. Things were pretty basic. But it was no different than it is today. If you're a professional, and particularly if you're an entrepreneur, you have to also be a leader. And part of being a leader is getting up in front of people and speaking. Today, that might be video, television, podcasts, anything, but there has to be a competence and a comfort level there. And I can remember being in front of this room of corporate executives 
And we were going through a workshop helping them reach that comfort level. Part of that was videotaping them and the terror on some of their faces. And some of them said to me, Janice, I'm more terrified of speaking in public than of dying. They were that terrified. And of course, the process was that over the course of several days, we got them to a certain comfort level. I'm not saying it was their favorite thing to do, but they did get to a certain comfort level. So, um, you know, I think that the important piece is that to understand why people are uncomfortable with uh, really stepping into the spotlight and what they can do about it. Uh, a lot of what we do is is helping people step into really a, a national stage, or if they really are in a local market, helping them step into prominence in that local market. And that might be um, that might be anything from be, appearing on local TV, uh, running a local professional association, to nationally. Um, you know, if they're an author, increasing their book sales by getting them on on getting them some national TV exposure or booking them on lots of podcasts, that kind of thing. And the the big fear is um, that people will judge you. So that you know, when I really dug into this, the big fear was, what if I'm not perfect? What if people are judging me? Um, what if I come across as an imposter? So we call that imposter syndrome. And I know as a fail coach, you get that totally. And so one of the things we talk about is what is your bigger purpose in being an an expert, an entrepreneur, a consultant, a speaker, an author? And 100% of people tell me, well, I really feel I can help people. I can really make an impact on people's lives. I can be an influencer that changes things in my small world. Well, if you want to do that, you can't do it without reaching a bigger audience. The bigger the audience you reach. So what I tell people is, you know, when I was a performer and I was singing in front of big audiences, when I was young, I was in my early 20s, I was terrified. And I had to work on getting to a point where I stopped focusing on it being about me and what people thought of me. And I switched it around to what kind of an impact am I trying to make on my audience right now? Am I looking out into the audience and seeing people's faces light up? Am I I seeing them with tears in their eyes? Am I seeing them nodding their heads and saying, yes, I understand this? And when when you switch that mindset, all of the sudden, some of that fear falls away. And you're able to get up and talk about what you're passionate about. So I see a lot of people um, doing, for example, um, we, we do a talk show and we, we, we book people on these small, uh, short segments on talk shows. I see people getting on talk show and they're very stiff and they're talking about, well, we do this and we do that. And here's where you can go to get this. And let me tell you about the statistics in our industry. And I tell them, look, people don't want to hear that. They want to hear your story. Why are you passionate about, why do you, why are you passionate about what you do? Why do you do what you do? What is it that is exciting about that, that changes people's lives? And you can take really what we would consider the dullest topic and you can make it interesting. So for me, and you and I have discussed this, the inner work 
it has to go along with the outer work. If you really want to get people to pay attention to you, there has to be something you're saying that's resonating with them. And so, you know, what are you passionate about? Go back to that. Why did I write that book? Was it just because I had nothing else to do? No, it's because I had something I wanted to say. That took a lot of work. It, it, it took a lot of investment to get the book published. So why wouldn't you want to reach as many people with that book as possible? And that's just a single example. But I see this with experts, Miha, because I, I work with a lot of experts that have come out of corporate. Smart people, brilliant people, so brilliant that I'm in awe of them. And I listen to what they have to say. But when I suggest putting them on a bigger stage, they get very Janet, shy and reticent. And we have I'm, to have this conversation. I'm sorry for interfering, but am I mistaken or did I read somewhere quite some time ago that fear of public speaking or public speaking, it doesn't even have to be staying, uh, being on a stage. It can be like, you know, like you mentioned, doing live videos or, or things like that is one of the biggest fears. Yes, people used to tell me that that to them, they were more afraid of public speaking than of death. I mean, that's mind boggling to me because I'm kind of a natural performer, so I'm comfortable with it. But honestly, I was shocked. And so we had to look at what's yeah, underneath I mean, that. Um, I, I can relate here with you. Um, I, I kind of don't have that stage fright too much. I mean, I'm like... Uh, mortally afraid of dentists. That that's my fear. Um, um, so so, but um, I remember once I was booked to speak at a conference, and it was like three or four thousand people, and I had to go to the stage. And I remember, like five minutes before, I started shaking. I wanted to go to toilet like every two seconds. Um, I was thinking, oh, my God, will I pee myself on the stage? Um, I went in my head through like, Miha, why on earth are you putting yourself through this? Why do you have to do it? And at that point, like this is what resonates with me when you say it needs to be a bigger picture. It needs to be a clear why. I was like, well, if I want to eradicate a failure as a taboo, fear of failure, and, and our negative emotional reactions to failure, I have to do it. If I don't share my story, people don't open up. They don't just come and tell me uh, just because I'm a fail coach. No, they first want to hear my story. I need to tell it first. Then people respond back and, and start sharing that with me. And at that moment, it was clear. I, I just have to do it. And it was almost like a hidden force forcing me to go to go onto the stage. And, and it was um, bigger than me. I had, you know, it was like almost I, I, I wasn't my body and something was just walking me on the stage. And after a few minutes of shaking and, and sweating and all of that, um, you know, once the audience started giving me the energy back, it was like, oh, I was born on stage. Yes, that's that's so true. And that's what I was saying. I used to suffer the same thing when I was first um, working as a performer in New York and getting up in front of big audiences. And I would just be terrified before 
the first performance and then maybe a little less as multiple performances took place. But it, it, I had no clue then how to overcome it. Um, and it took a lot of work. Um, I, I'm a practitioner of meditation. I've been meditating for 25 years. And that's an incredible tool. That's just one of the tools that you can use to be able to be in a more calm state. And eventually I got to the point where I had this aha moment, this understanding, why are you doing this? Are you doing it because it's something that you are good at, that you love, and you're worried about what people think about you? Or are you doing it because you want to use a gift that was given to you to help other people experience something positive? And when that switch turned in my head, everything changed. And so for people who are yearning, longing to get their message out, and maybe they're just talking to a few people, they're sitting behind their computer and hoping that somebody will respond to their emails or their social media messages. And the reason they're doing that is because the thought of going bigger is frightening. If you literally turn that switch on in your head, um, yeah, you might still be scared, but you'll be able to step out and do it. And the feeling of exhilaration when suddenly you're getting this much bigger response than you've ever gotten is worth every bit of of the whole process. You know, I, I guess it's like people, I have friends that love jumping out of airplanes and there's there's a place near me where they do that you know you can just go up and buy a ticket and you can jump out of an airplane it's not for me but they say that same thing so that's a physical manifestation of what i'm talking about where they feel this incredible exhilaration they say it's like nothing they ever felt and i know i have felt that and and i'm sure you have too you do a podcast and then people email you they write to you they message you and they say you know what that really helped me. I really loved yes, that conversation. Yes, absolutely. Yes, so absolutely. Th- that's the result. Um, tell me, Janice. So you cracked the code, or at least you are uh, working towards cracking the code. Um, in today's world, if if you just, as an entrepreneur, if you just create a funnel, that's not long-term thing. I mean, the moment you start, you stop driving uh, traffic to that funnel. Um, your income evaporates. Um, If you want to create a long-lasting, sustainable business, you need to go for branding. You you, you need to share your brand story, your message, your why, and and, and all of those things because that's where people really connect with you, your business. They become your fans and so on. And even if you stop um, uh, the funnel, uh, your client's, Uh, will still come to you because of that loyalty. And so if we want to build a brand, we need to step out of being behind behind the screen. So we, we need to start doing live videos. We need to start doing interviews. We need to start um, going to conferences, speaking to conferences. I mean, you don't have to do all of that, but you have to do something. And um, so in today's world, um, performing 
in front of other people is almost like a key ingredient to any kind of success. So uh, from all your expertise, could you share with us a few, or I mean one or a few tips, tricks uh, on how entrepreneurs can overcome that fear and you know, press the record button or go live button or, you know, volunteer and go speak at a conference and, and so on. Sure. Um, you know, there are a number of ways that you can build your audience by, I call it stepping into the spotlight in a big way. Um one of those ways is obviously video and anybody can do video. You can also go into the studio. Sometimes we bring people into a studio and we knock out seven, eight videos in a day and we make them into episodes. So it's almost like an online TV show or a video podcast. Um, you can also do them on your own. It's pretty inexpensive to set up a home studio and do videos that way. Uh, Of course, you probably have a a variety of types of businesses working uh, or listening to the podcast. You can have a video team come into your offices if you have offices and shoot a series of videos there. Uh, You can certainly, and now the big thing with video is once you have videos, you have to have a distribution plan. Two things you need with videos, a call to action, what, what do you want people to do after they watch the video? And that's where you could send them into your funnel. Or, um, you, ha- and you, or you have to have a, a, a distribution plan that gets that video in front of a big audience in your target market. And there are lots of ways that you can do that. We see people spending money on video and then they put it on their website and they throw it up on their Facebook business page and that's it. And I say, you're not getting any leverage out of that video. So another thing is... Um, you know, we book people on streaming TV shows that are shown all over the country and they get a ton of exposure. And then they take that video and they use it in all their marketing. So I always say, if you're going to step into the spotlight, no matter what you're doing, or if it's podcasts or whatever, have a back end plan to leverage that to build an even bigger audience by having a distribution plan in place. So two things, a call to action and a distribution plan. Now, that's that's all strategic stuff. Um, in terms of uh, getting up and in front of an audience and making an impact and getting grabbing people's attention, telling a story is always a great way to do that. Um, I remember... Uh, years ago, I I was the host of a business cable talk show in New York, and I did that for about two years. It was very interesting, and I was interviewing, um, you know, movers and shakers in the business community and the and the entertainment industry, and and my job really was to get them to tell their story, and that's what kept viewers coming back. It wasn't hearing hearing about their resume or the list of their latest accomplishments. It was about hearing that juicy behind-the-scenes story that most people didn't know about. And when they hear that story, they want to learn more. And then you can tell them where they can go to learn more. So, you know, when I work with people, I try to pull out what makes them unique. 
What makes them special and different from everybody else? What is their story that people can relate to, but is their own unique story? And then I try to help them think about what kind of impact they want to have. And when we get to that point, I see a lot of the nerves disappear and they start to feel more excited about these types of opportunities rather than scared. You know, we don't want them to think about that like you think about going to the dentist. We want them to think, hey, this is fun and I love getting up there and, you know, and, and getting people excited about my message. So that's part of the process is to get them really excited about sharing their message so with thousands and thousands of people. having a really strong why on their end, why they're doing that, why they created the business in the first place, uh, what impact they want to, uh, and, and maybe even so that the whole thing becomes bigger than themselves. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Some people are so focused on driving revenues, driving revenues. Hey, we all have to drive revenues or we're out of business. I get that. But, you know, it can be an organic process that doesn't have to be such a struggle. It doesn't have to be so difficult. It can simply be that by sharing your message and really being, um, you know, the spokesperson for your message, And getting people excited about your message, they start to say, you know what, I really trust this person and I'm catching that passion that they have. And now I want to work with them. And, uh, you know, I, I would love to be a client of this company or this person. So what you're doing is you're creating a a system that's attracting people toward you instead of what I see all the time, which is people going out and chasing inbound versus outbound strategy in in marketing terms um, correct janice if let's say i have a strong why i know why i'm doing this i know what's the message but i still have that stage fright even if it just you know in front of my camera going live on facebook or you know um doing an interview in in a facebook group um are there any other tips that you can share with the audience um you know, so one was to meditate or to um, do some breathing exercises. That was one that helped me a lot. Um, the second one is, of course, to connect with what you want to do, what's beyond just you. Um, um, any other tips um, that you can think of right now uh, that could be valuable to somebody who um, has the message but is too afraid to um press the live button, let's call it that way. Well, one thing you can do is practice. Um, You know, start getting in front of a small audience, like doing a Facebook Live. That's a pretty simple thing. Um, And you're probably going to get in front of a smaller audience. Do a bunch of them, little two-minute segments. So you start to feel comfortable with it. Some people are also, when they're, when they're doing that themselves, they're afraid of the technology. So once you practice it a few times, it becomes rote and simple. Um, you know, one of the things we do, if we're going to put somebody, place somebody on um, a TV show, or we're going to come in and do a series of videos with them, we do media training and we, we help them practice again and again and again. Um, 
And so we will practice in ways where, I mean, we might even do something uh, like say, look, we're not recording. Let's just do this and feel comfortable with it. And meanwhile, we are recording. And then when they see it back, they're really impressed with how relaxed it was. But mentally, they're thinking, oh, we're not recording so I can relax. I mean, that seems kind of crazy, but it works. So practicing is really important. Uh, And then you can admit to your audience, you know, that's very endearing when you say, look, I'm not used to doing this and I admit I'm a little nervous, but I'm going to do the best I can to share some great content. My audience, this is a huge vulnerability moment. I mean, I see many, many people, you know, like, (laughs) uh, you know, oh, super vulnerable moment coming up in, in two minutes. I mean, just don't, don't overuse that word. Um, just yeah, be transparent and 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 just show 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 yourself um, the way you are. Well, one thing I mean, and you know what? Um, I I I have this podcast on that R rated or or how is that called? Where we can swear a little bit or something like that. So I think I can share this as well. When I had to go on that big stage, um, one thing that helped me, I I, I took. I think two or three shots of whiskey. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm sorry, but that that's you know, um, <laughs> that's what I did. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm not promoting alcohol. I'm not saying that's what you have to do, but it did relax me. It did help me um, to to just go there and start babbling and and sharing the story. And then, like I mentioned before, once that energy started flowing between the audience and me. Then everything was forgotten, and I was like in my, you know, uh, state of genius or zone of genius. Yeah, I tell people, you know, don't think you have to be a certain way. For example, I know a couple of speakers who are hysterically funny. I love watching them speak because they're able to get their message across with almost irreverent humor, and it's really a great talent. It's not me. And I remember going through a brief period where I thought, I have to learn to be funnier. And then I thought, no, that's not me. If I inject humor when I speak, it's just because it comes up on the spur of the moment. And it always comes out here or there. There's always a few laughs throughout a talk, but they're not really planned. And so I'm just who I am, you know, and that's the thing, getting comfortable with who you are. Um, So the underlying psychology for me of that, and I've worked with a lot of, of women entrepreneurs, particularly on this issue, is that fear of not being perfect. And that's kind of a cultural thing um, that we've been indoctrinated with. Um, And so when you let go of that perfectionism and just say, I'm human, and this is what you get, here is who I am. And I'm always working to be better, but this is who I am at this moment in time. And you can be comfortable being exactly who you are. That goes a long way because people sense that. It's like a radar they have to know that you are being completely yourself. So if you can get up in front of a camera and you can be as comfortable talking to a camera as you are talking to your buddy, that is going to come across really, really well. Janice, People are going to respond to that. Another thing I just remembered when I started doing my lives, um, um, you know what I did because I was doing them with my phone, uh, with an iPhone. So the first thing was 
to record with the camera on the back so that I don't see myself on the screen. Um, so that's, that's um, one thing. And the second one was um, I found a person I want to talk to and I printed their picture out and I made a little hole in the eye and, and that was, you know, the hole where the camera was. And I put that picture on, on, on the phone. I, I literally stick it to, to the phone. And so suddenly it wasn't this, uh, you know, zero energy, uh, Miha versus a camera uh, situation. Uh, it was, you know, me talking to that particular person. So that works really well. This is why I find, Miha, when we go in to do um, videos with, with, um, with clients or companies, and I give them a choice. We can either do a talking head video where you're just talking in the camera. Or we can do an interview where I'm interviewing you. They always choose the interview. Why? Because they can have a conversation with somebody. The other, there's another style of interview that we use sometimes where, and you've probably seen interviews like this on TV, where the interviewer is behind the camera. So the person who's being interviewed, they're not looking directly into the camera. They're looking a little bit to the side and you can see that they're having a conversation with somebody, but you don't see the other person. So I'm asking them questions and all you're seeing is this close up of the emotional reaction on their face. It's very powerful. People are more comfortable with that. And they, that might be a great way for people to get their that's, feet wet and start that's an, out. That's an amazing, uh, getting that's on amazing video as well. Yeah, I agree strongly with you. Um, Janice. You already gave a lot of tips and a lot of good suggestions here. Really amazing. But you did an article. You mentioned that to me. And I really don't want us to skip on that part as well. So can you share a little bit what that article was all about? Because I think it blends really nicely into what we were talking so far. Yes, you know, I I write articles when I see something happening and it's just a spur-of-the-moment decision. And I, I write for a couple of online magazines and it, it came to me today that I wanted to write about, is your pain comfort zone preventing you I from doing this. what's necessary to be successful? So, Yeah, so the idea behind this is that many of us, maybe most of us grew up with some dysfunction. And we learn early on that there's a lot of emotional pain in life and it becomes the norm for us unless we do the work as adults to root it out and get rid of it. Um, so maybe we've told we needed to be perfect or we weren't some, maybe we were told we weren't very smart or that we wouldn't succeed as entrepreneurs. We should just go get a regular job. Um, maybe, maybe you're a woman or you're minority and there's some cultural baggage that's weighing you down and there's all these reasons and we become comfortable with a certain level of emotional pain and that becomes our comfort zone um and since no one really loves change we choose comfort over risking risking it all and changing and that's really what keeps us stuck, and it's more or less what we've been talking about today. Um, when when people choose the entrepreneurial path, they're choosing the one of the best self help programs in the world. 
because business problems are always well-disguised personal problems. And most of the business gurus will will confirm that. And so you've got to fix the underlying problem so that you can get comfortable stepping over that wall between your comfort zone and where you really need to be. And I see that particularly in asking people to step out into a onto a bigger stage and take that leap of faith and get onto a bigger yes, stage. Absolutely, absolutely agree with you. Um, there is a saying that pain is by far the biggest motivator for change or for innovation. But on the other hand, when you know, as a coach, you're looking at that particular pain that an entrepreneur is going through from the outside and you are not emotionally attached to that, you see that some entrepreneurs can really be uh, good at doing limbo, you know, like how low they can go and, and still not reach to that moment where they say, you know what, like, um, that's it. I'm making a change this ends now like how much pain they can endure and still stay in the comfort zone so um i would love if you can spend a little bit uh, a few more minutes um and you know if you have any good suggestions what they can try how like you know so is there a way to react faster and not wait until that pain point where, um, you know, like when you hit rock bottom, like really rock bottom and where you just have to rebuild yourself. But can we do that faster? You know, I think everybody is on an individual journey uh, and everybody reaches that, that bottom in a different way and at a different time. And I think when you hire somebody to help you grow your business, um, hopefully they're, they've got your back through that process. You know, I'll share something that I rarely share, Miha. Um, yes. I told you that my late husband was from Italy. And he, he was an alcoholic. He had a drug and drinking problem. And it finally became unbearable. And he knew he was about to lose everything in his life. And so he finally hit bottom. After years and years and years, he finally hit bottom. And he went into recovery. And he was fortunate enough that that bottom was so low that he never touched a drink again in his life. And we went together on a journey of transformation as a result of that. He had a lot of friends who went to uh, AA meetings with him who touched bottom and then they started drinking again. You know, I remember he used to go to these AA meetings and there we were right across the street from the world headquarters of IBM. There'd be 100 people in that room, 99 of them from IBM, and there'd be him, my husband. And a lot of those people, you know, maybe 20% 
hit bottom and changed their lives and went in a new direction. And the rest just kept bouncing back. This is absolutely no different than what happens with people that step out and risk starting their own business. There's great excitement then. There's a dream. Um, They write a book, for example, or they finally leave corporate where they felt shackled and they decide to step out and and really do their own thing. Um, If they run into a roadblock, which they will, and they don't have the courage and the fortitude to get some help, reach out, get some help and get past that, then they're going to stay stuck. And there are some people that you just can't help through that and others who are willing to do whatever it takes. And they're the ones that you and I can help. So I I don't think you can force that bottom. I really think people have to be sick and tired. I was one of those very hard headed people. There were people trying to help me when, you know, things started going down, when I you know, all those depressions and suicide attempts and, and all of that. Um, there were people trying to help me. I, I, I just wasn't ready to be helped. I really had to reach that point where I was literally 30 seconds away from committing suicide, not just thinking about it, but already, you know, being on the other side of the balcony and, and just uh, getting myself ready to jump. And that's when I had the aha moment and like nobody could have done anything prior to that moment. Yeah, that's exactly true. I mean, I've experienced that too. You know, Um, I was living a bit of a hellish life being married to somebody with a severe alcohol and drug problem. And yet I put up with it. What was that all about? So just as he had to go yeah. through a bottom and a recovery, so did I. You know, so we all have that. There, There's no one that escapes that journey. And it may not be alcohol. It may not be drugs. It may not be gambling. It may be addiction to relationship, um, addiction to making money. I mean, some people are so obsessed with making money that it eclipses every bit of joy in their life. So whatever it happens to be, we all have to deal with that. I mean, today we've been talking particularly about entrepreneurs having the courage to step into the spotlight in a big way, particularly if they have a message that needs to get out to the public. But there are all sorts of um, situations where people um, people are facing an internal difficulty, challenge, um, roadblock, and they're just not quite ready to deal yeah, with it Yeah, I yet. agree with you. I mean, this is this some people is never do. By far, not just something that's um, common with entrepreneurs. Like like people from all wakes of life can have the same experiences. It's just that yeah, my my audience is mainly entrepreneurs or future entrepreneurs. That's why we focused a little bit on that part. But yeah. Um, anybody can can have the same experiences, same emotions, um, same. Tr- uh, I mean, uh, uh, that threshold where you know, like, um, you start actually doing something to bounce back one and and different levels of rock bottom and and all of that. This is like just 
common for the whole humanity, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, or a stay-at-home mom or a student or um, just working in a corporation or government or whatever you are. Yeah, I, I would say if, if, if for, for listeners today, the one question to ask yourself is, where could I be playing a bigger game? If I could play the biggest game possible, what would that be? And what would that feel like? And where do I, I have love, fears I love around how you said, that? how would that feel? Yeah, I mean, that's the important thing. Because I know I've been through uh, phases where I was even afraid to imagine what that biggest thing was. I know, I know. I remember uh, it was so when scary. I went through all those failures. At one point, it was just complete darkness. Like there was no tunnel, no light whatsoever, nothing. I, I, I remember like it was yesterday, my best friend invited me to his birthday. And it was like in two or three weeks time. And I was physically unable to even respond yes or no, whatever, because I wanted to say yes, but I was sure that by that time, I won't be alive anymore. It's it's like, like yesterday. I mean, just now, just remembering that moment, yeah. I got goosebumps again. Janice. Mm-hmm. But, you know, coming out the other end, Miha, coming out the other end and 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 being where we are today, that is the reward Absolutely. for Absolutely. stepping through I wouldn't change that anything that happened to me for nothing because without that, I wouldn't be today who I am. Um, Janice. Yes, Before absolutely. I steer this conversation towards the end, I still have two, um, let's say, entrepreneurial questions for you. Uh, but, you know, I would love for my audience to get to know Janice a little bit, you know. So um, Janice, not the entrepreneur, Janice, not the uh, coach um, or, or consultant, but just who is Janice? Uh, you know, like, what are your hobbies? Uh, just if you can tell us a little bit about you as a person. Absolutely. So, of course, having been a performer, I'm passionate about singing and dancing. Um, I still do a little bit of singing. I usually uh, sing in one or two concerts a year here in Raleigh, and I dance all the time. You know, I love to do ballroom and Latin and swing, and I have a group of people in my age range who love the same. And so that's just a big part of my life. It gives me a great feeling of freedom. And, um, you know, I'm, I do spend a lot of energy on a spiritual path. Um, I've been meditating for 25 years, and I spend a lot of time um really trying to break through my own inner roadblocks, become aware of them. And of course, when you meditate for a long while, you develop a level of awareness where as soon as you're operating in a counterproductive way, you're aware of it. And 
the result of that has been a transformation in my life that has brought me a lot of joy, um, has eliminated a lot of drama from my life, and has brought me a lot of contentment and happiness. Um, other than that, I have a wonderful partner. He's just a joy to to be with and 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 spend my life with. And I have a beautiful daughter who's 24 years old, and she's out in Pueblo, Colorado, and I'm so proud of her. She just bought her first little house, which I couldn't have even imagined doing at 24 years old. So I'm super proud of her, and what fills my heart is that she calls me often to be coached um, on her career and on business, and I just absolutely love that. I'm so thrilled about that. Um. And so, you know, I would say I'm at the point in my life where there's a lot of contentment and happiness and joy and most importantly, gratitude. So I'm, I'm grateful every day. I don't take things for granted or I try not to. Um, and I feel very, very that, blessed that's to have truly such amazing. a wonderful it's life. Truly amazing. And I mean, I love how you just said, you know, being grateful and uh, being happy and, and, and all of that, because that's really what the life is all about. Um, Janice, before we end this interview, I really would love for you to remind the audience, who's your ideal client? Who do you love helping the most? Who should reach out to you if they feel that, you know, they want to step on a bigger stage? I am most passionate about working with experts. And I say experts because they come from all walks of life, but most of them are building an independent business as a consultant, a speaker, an author. Um, They may be the CEO of a new company and they really have a message they want to get out there. They want to let people know about the wonderful work they're doing. And they're ready to step onto a bigger stage. And one of the things I notice is when I work with these people, we have to do more than just get them publicity and get them exposure. We need to build a structure around that that will end up getting them clients. And so we build that structure as well so that they can turn, you know, a a TV appearance, for example, into new business. And I love working with these people, as I mentioned earlier, because they are impacting other people and organizations. So if I can impact them, um, they can it. impact I more people. It. And it's a trickle um, down. And effect. now for my last question, and, and this should be a very simple one. Um, if there's one thing that the audience should take away from this interview from everything that you've shared with us so far. And, you know, it was truly an amazing value giving interview, but I'll come to uh, how much I appreciate you for doing this interview later on. Uh, But, you know, like what's the one thing um, that you would like to leave the audience with? I think that if you, have every every human being has a spark of brilliance in them and most of us we become competent but we don't reach that brilliance find out what that spark of brilliance is and use it to make an impact 
whether you're making an impact on a small group of people or a huge group of people, just use it to make an impact. And the satisfaction you will get will be 10 times, you know, my business is the 10x zone. It'll be 10 times what you think it's going to be. I guarantee you. Um, and it means you're going to have to get uncomfortable and step out of your Amazing. comfort zone. But Absol it's absolutely I mean, worth nothing it. Nothing to add there. Um, Janice, I will absolutely include all the links that you've provided me in the show notes where people can reach out to you. Um, you explained nicely who uh, you want to work with, who should reach out to you. Um, so we have that covered. And now it's just the time for me to say that I really, really, really appreciate you for um, coming to this interview. Uh, I mean, just from our first conversation a few weeks ago, um, the, the, the conversation just flowed so naturally and I already loved it. So um, I love how uh, well you um, explained things, all the value that you've given. So I really, really, really appreciate you. And I thank you for doing this with me. Well, Miha, this has been just so enjoyable, such a wonderful, rich conversation. And I commend you on the really rich content that you're providing to people that listen to this podcast because there aren't too many thank that you. go this and, deep. Um, so thank you for inviting enjoy me. Enjoy the rest of your day, um, the rest of your week, and just keep doing what you're doing because we need, absolutely need more people like yourself. And again, I, I just, I, I, there are no words to express how much I appreciate you for doing this interview. Thank you, Miha.